know, what people might not realize about us is that we like to relax with some new age music sometimes. You sure do. Maybe slip on some pure moods. <laughs> get in some enigma. Yeah. Sade. Demoi. Do, 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 do. That's what gets me going. Or just yell some chanting at the top of our lungs. Which is probably racist and yep. we shouldn't do that. Probably not. I can't do that. Yeah, that that song. You can do it in the comfort of your own home, and that is it. <laughs> the only place white people, and the only time that white people can can chant, chant <laughs> Native American, Indigenous peoples music is yeah. when you are blasting pure moods in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, which is... we've both been known to do, apparently. <laughs> Some, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. I forgot the good tunes that are on pure moods. Yeah, there's the X-Files theme. Yeah, and the theme to uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, yep, Fire Walk With Me. Fire Walk With Me. Yeah, it was a it was a compilation. Do you remember the 90s? Uh, <laughs> now do you remember the 90s? Oh, oh I, yes, we do. Oh, boy. Now I love Pure Moods, though. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I just love the commercial. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I miss infomercials for compilation CDs. And the fact that they were like twenty dollars. Yeah, that's not or to mention five easy payments of three ninety nine. That's not to mention the eight dollars you had to pay for shipping and handling, and then waiting like two months to get it in yeah. the mail. Yeah, call yeah. the one eight hundred number to order it now. Technology sucked, guys. Oh my god, <laughs> it was kids these bad. days don't even you know. don't even know. Now we can just go on Instagram, and they're like, "Hey, do you want this dress?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Just hit this button, and it's yours now," because yeah. we have all of your information. Yeah, but most of the time. You still have to wait two months to get that shit. Oh, yeah, no. Sometimes you might even have to report them to the Better Business Bureau. I've had to do that before I learned my lesson. <laughs> you mean we all we all make mistakes. We and all make by mistakes. mistakes. We just get conned in by some really cute little sweaters with skulls or on it. And you're like, oh, look at that. cute-ass wizard hat. Or like, oh, the cute-ass like, wizard hat. It always gets me. It's or always like the cute-ass wizard some hat. Some awesome goth shit that like costs way too much money, but you can't find it anywhere else. Right. Only in that Instagram ad. And you have to buy it now because if you refresh your feed, the ad is gone forever. Or the fuck earrings that they keep sending you and they keep breaking. <laughs> and you're I like, totally bought those off of an uh, Instagram ad. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> yeah. Your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And she has fuck earrings now. I do. They say fuck on them. Yeah, it's Like, great. really big. Yeah. So. They're pretty lovely. They're pretty lovely. I enjoy them. But fuck is not going to be in the vocab today because we're we're taking it easy. Yeah. We're bringing it down. But, but also- Not like down, down. We're like, we're chilling it down. But we're making it fucking sophisticated. We are- Oh, you know what? Fine. We're classing it up this week. We are indeed. I got my pinky oh, out. Oh, for sure. It's out right now. Yeah. These we're going real Saratoga with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> these beers got pinkies out. Yeah, they do. Because this week, we're talking about Enya. Soothing sounds of Enya. You know what? Maybe maybe this is where I bring out my NPR voice. This week on Rock Candy Podcast, we'll be discussing the artist known as Enya. She is uh, based in Ireland and known very well in the New Age world of music. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious dish. <laughs> What? Is that like a great British burp-off? great British bake-off thing? No, it's the Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, that's right. With their sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. I, yeah. 
That's a long. That's a long time ago. It was a long time ago, but one of like the, best the Pure ones. Moods compilation CD. <laughs> probably came out around the same time. No, I think it was a little bit older. Maybe I don't know. The SNL sketch. Maybe yeah, a little bit older. Maybe late nineties, somewhere around there. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you may know of Enya off of the Pure Moods CD. You should know of Enya, but a lot Some of, of people, people might not. A lot of people might know her because she was part of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. She was. Yes. Some, May it be. Great fucking tune. It is. From the Fellowship. Yeah. Um, some people also may know her because she is one of Devin Townsend's biggest inspirations. I feel like we're hitting a lot of our niches right now. Yeah. And yeah. most people are like, nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Enya's pretty universal, whereas everybody at least knows what her name is. Right. They know who she is her name, and that's probably all they know. I feel like most people do know Only Time. Because it is like that kind of song within the 90s and early 2000s. It would play in almost every movie soundtrack, especially comedies, when they would try to have... Like a serious moment. Yeah, Yeah. but that's obviously not because it's a a reverent Will Ferrell comedy. And Friends did use it for their final season. Yeah. For like the promos for it, so... Yeah, it was a little like, whoa, back up, Friends. You're just Friends. (laughs) You're all... Just friends. Just Except friends. for Chandler and Monica. They got married. Well, and Ross and Rachel. Did they end up together? I don't know. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sure. <laughs> Almost Ross 20 and years Rachel too late. do end up together. <laughs> oh, but, okay. like, also, if you go back and watch Friends, you wonder the whole time, this is the worst couple. Why? Yeah. Why? Why does everybody want them Why? to be together so bad? Because they're so insufferable together. You're like, stop ruining everyone else's lives and just ruin each other's. Yeah. But also... Whitest show ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real white. Real white. Yeah. Welcome to White Town. <laughs> Speaking of welcome to White Town, we're bougieing up with our beer as well this week. Going real Saratoga with this beer. And we are drinking Euphoric Trip from Beer Tree Brew Co. It's which a... just sounds wonderful. Yeah. Like, I just want beer to grow off of trees now. Yeah. It is a, a it's a sour nipa. Sour nipa. Nipa. I say nipa. You know what? Please, listeners, write in. Tell us. <laughs> okay, when you see N E I P A, which is obviously a New England Indian pale ale, mm-hmm. would you pronounce that nipa or nipa? Please write in. Let us know your opinions. They, <laughs> it's actually will settle an argument here. Maybe we'll start a poll or something. Oh yeah, we might very well start a poll with this episode. Yeah. I, but I need to know how everyone else would pronounce this. Right. But it is a passion fruit, banana and vanilla brewed beer. Which I didn't even notice the banana. She did almost ruin the night. I almost ruined it. You almost ruined everything. I bought it without seeing the banana part. It is in very small print. It is. And um, we saw that when I got to Maggie's and we were both like, no! banana fuck banana flavored shit it's disgusting but thankfully it doesn't taste like bananas at all not at all and it doesn't even really taste like an ipa it has a little bit of that hops in there a little bit but but not very much you know the passion fruit that's what's coming through and then the vanilla really softens it yep and i'm here for all this i'm really here for this lovely flavor and this cool cool can the can is fucking awesome. I got it because it looks real celestial. And it does, though. Enya oh, herself is extremely celestial. It just looks like the snake eating itself. Yeah, it's like Midgard. Oh, shit. This stuff's awesome. I might keep Some this can, actually. Shit. Yeah, it's actually a really red can. If you guys uh, see it, have a chance to try it, 
You most certainly should. You should. It's really good. Where's Beer Tree located? Port Crane, New York. Oh. I don't know where that is. That I've never heard of like, it. looks <laughs> like uh, kind of Ithaca area. Yeah, southern tierish. Southern tierish. So there you go. If you're a New Yorker or around us, maybe you can find it. I would highly suggest drinking it because it's tasty. It's tasty. It's definitely a pinky raising beer, just like Enya. Fancy shit. Just fancy shit. All right, time to class it back up again. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going to drop the F-bombs today yeah. for this episode and discuss uh, the artistry of Enya. I don't think I can do that, but I'll try. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, just for, just for like three sentences, see if for you like, can do it. Oh, I can because I've written three sentences that don't include the word fuck. Oh, yes. All right, <laughs> let's do this. All right, so let me get through three sentences, all right? All right. When most Americans our age or older think of Enya, they think of the soothing sounds of pure moods. Sailing away while doing yoga or some shit. Shit doesn't count. (laughs) But there's so much more to Enya than that. And yet, at the same time, she's an enigma. She is fiercely private about her life, which makes it difficult to write notes on her. But girl proves that it's the music that matters most to her anyway. Three sentences only said shit. (laughs) Yay, we did it! Yeah! Guys, guys, we might do it after... We're gonna make it after all. (laughs) We're fucking Mary Tyler Moore in this shit up trying so hard yeah enya is technically enya's real name however it is anglicized i say anglicized because enya is 100 percent irish through and through she was born on may 17th 1961 and was raised in the irish town of guidor which is so lord of the rings i can't stand it located on the top northwest corner of county donegal Guidor is well known for being a hotbed of traditional Irish customs, and its primary language is Gaelic. So Enya's first language was Gaelic, and she didn't learn English until she went to school. Right. Um, I think we should say at this point, we're going to fuck up a lot of words. Yeah. I'm going to try to say some things in Gaelic. I'm going to fuck them up. I'm really sorry. I wish I knew Gaelic better. And I will say for our Irish listeners out there, they do prefer it instead of saying speaking Gaelic, they prefer when you just say, you're speaking Irish. Because they own that shit. Okay. Well, my sources... No, I know that because I cheat and I have Irish friends. That's all. My sources, some said Irish, some called it Irish, some Mm -hmm. called it Gaelic. It's the same. She called it Gaelic, so I was like, all right, I'll use Gaelic. You want to know why? Because everybody else says Gaelic. Oh, I was going to say because she's fancy. Mm. Also, I keep wanting to say garlic and that's not right. Are you just hungry? Not for straight garlic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your first mistake. (laughs) Just pop them like fucking candy. Pop never, those little garlic things. Never like, done that. No. Oh, oh no. I my dad used to, and I'm like, that's fucking gross. Gas for days. Oh, gross. I'm going to attempt to say her name in Irish. Enya Pargan ni Brennan. That's not. Too, that's not bad. Not bad. That's not bad. Anglicized. That translates to Enya Patricia Brennan. Ooh. The ni Brennan. Part of her name means daughter of Brennan, and indeed she was the fifth of nine children born to Leo and Mayra Brennan. There you go. Her entire family was musical. Her paternal grandparents, Harry and Minna, played in a show band together. Harry had a heart attack on stage during a show Holy one night shit. and died later the same night. Oh. But Leo took over as band leader. His band was called the Sleeve Foy Band. He played saxophone while his brothers played trumpet and accordion, and his sister also played accordion. I want to hear this band. Oh, can I just ask, maybe somebody knows, 
what was the deal with Irish show bands in the 60s and 70s? Like, they were a huge thing. Yeah. And I don't really... I guess I can understand, but at the same time, I'm very confused by it. I think because for a long time, Ireland and the UK were kind of like a decade-ish behind us. Mm -hmm. So maybe it just caught on. Maybe. In a weird time. It tickled somebody's fancy in a weird way. And like, we're going to keep this around for a bit. But I also feel like show bands are, are very Irish in a way. There was just something they really liked about like a big group of dudes wearing like flashy clothes and just playing fun music at at like VFW halls. I don't understand. I don't really know. I'm going to say this as a biased party of someone with Irish heritage. You want to know why? I think it's because the Irish like to have fun. Well, yeah, I think I think it's just I just want to have fun. I just think it's funny that show bands became the big thing in the 60s and 70s. That's fair. So Enya's mother, Mayra, whose own parents also had a show band when she was a kid. See? Show bands all over the place. Show band. Also joined the Sleeve Foy band after marrying Leo. But soon the pair settled down and stopped touring. Leo bought a local pub and Mayra taught music at Guidor Community School. Yay. Although Enya's childhood was pretty mild, and I mean that in the best way possible, she nevertheless grew up during the Troubles. If you, if you don't know what the Troubles are... It was a conflict between Northern Ireland, which was part of the UK, and the Republic of Ireland, which was an independent country. Unionists wanted Northern Ireland to remain with the UK, while Irish nationalists wanted them to join in a united Ireland. Violence was prevalent mostly in Northern Ireland and along the border, but considering Guidor's location at the very top of Ireland, militia with guns was prevalent. When traveling outside of their hometown, the family had to be careful when speaking as their Gaelic language could potentially out them as northern sympathizers. Which is funny because the, the, the whole country, even in the Republic, there's still a lot of people fighting for keeping the Irish language alive and yeah. well. So that's interesting that they would associate it with northern. I always got the impression that Ireland as a whole, like Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland were really into their own history and really wanted to preserve it. So yeah. it it doesn't really make sense that speaking Irish would out them yeah. as anything. Yeah. As just fucking Irish. Like, who cares? Yeah. I don't know. We're American. We also aren't in yeah. the thick of it. It wasn't all bad, though. She remembers most of her early years as a back and forth between schoolwork and piano lessons. She didn't run around outside and play like her siblings did, but she liked that and enjoyed being the wallflower in a large family. That allowed her to go off unseen and do her own thing. Her parents did see something special in her, though. She loved singing with her family at church and was participating in singing competitions by only three years old, then taught herself how to play piano. At age 11, with some financial help from her grandfather, Enya was sent away to a boarding school at a convent run by a strict order of Loretto nuns. Ooh. I don't know who they are. I don't know her. Fancy. Mariah Carey nuns. Hi, Mariah. It's just a bunch of Mariah Carey nuns. Oh, my nuns. God. Best convent ever. Worst convent ever? Also worst convent I, ever. It's, it can be both. It's just a nightclub. That is Mariah Carey's <laughs> convent. It's a nightclub of nuns. Yeah. Well... This sounds like it would have been a horrible experience to anybody else, but actually Enya thrived. She was enraptured with the thought of going to boarding school. She thought it was going to be some Harry Potter ship up in there. Hell yeah! 
It wasn't. No. But that's what she thought it was going to be. I think everyone thinks boarding school is going to be some Harry Potter shit. Yeah. And it was kind of magical for her. She studied art and painting, but it was also where she first learned about classical music. She totally fell in love with it. Huh. And decided her calling in life was to be a piano teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Ambitions, man. Real ambitions. Really, you know what? Really reaching for the stars there. I'm going to have garbage children come into my home all day, every day, and I'm going to teach them chords and how to play minuet in G. (laughs) That's my calling. It'll be great, guys. Guys, this is a great idea. This is going to be my life. It's going to be so cool. Either way. Well, I'm really glad that didn't pan out for her. (laughs) Either way, all of that went out the window when she came back home at age 17 when she started to hear the call of the stage. (laughs) Caca! Is that the call? That is the call of the stage. Oh, okay. Yes. Anya attempted to continue her education at college, but after a year, she realized it wasn't where her path was going. Instead, she joined her family's band. The band, called Clanad, I think that's how you say it? Clanad. Clanad. C-L-A-N-N-A-D. Yeah, Clanad? I think that's Clanad. Clanad. Had already established themselves as heavyweights in Irish folk by the time Enya joined. Back in 1970. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that name before. Yes, they did the theme to Harry's Game, which was apparently a very popular, um, I think, miniseries in I've Ireland. Heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they skyrocketed after they did that. All right. Yeah. Back in 1970, Enya's brothers, Kieran and Paul, her sister Moya and Enya's maternal uncles Noel and Padraig Dugan formed the band. Nice. Enya joined in 1980 by invitation from the band's manager and producer, Nikki Ryan. I'm sorry, but it's her family's band. It's her family's band, but they have a manager. I know. I just think it's funny. Like, you're, you're talking to your brother, like, so can I be in the band? Mm, I can't make that choice. We got <laughs> to let my manager. Let Stan over here make the final <laughs> call. Mm. Stan says you have to audition, <laughs> but he said yes. Yeah, I mean, he did. Um, Nikki was looking to create a bigger sound with the addition of keyboards and vocals, and Enya was perfect for the role. Obviously. And already in the family, so you know that's going to work. Maybe? Shrug. Shrug? Yeah. By now, Clanad already had three albums and a successful U.S. tour under their belts. They started experimenting with new atmospheric sounds more along the lines of New Age, so adding Enya to the mix made sense. The biggest change to Clanad after Enya joined was the vocals. Nikki had an idea to create what they called a choir of one. This was the same idea as wall of sound technique pioneered by Phil Spector in the 60s, except it wasn't layered music, it was layered vocals. Got it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Queen was already doing this, but sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sure, Nikki. You're such a pioneer. (laughs) Hey, there's oh, a big sorry. difference between Ireland and England. There, oh, there point. is. Oh, there is. I am not at all comparing them. Yeah, I mean, not every idea is original. <laughs> <laughs> you just might think it is because nobody in your general area has I mean, thought of it point, yet. At this point, no idea is original. It's like th- it was like earlier today when I texted you and I said, I "Got a million dollar idea. It's a beer koozie." But the inside is an ice pack you can freeze. Yep. Nobody's thought of it. And then I Googled it and everybody in this fucking world has thought of it. But why haven't we seen it? Yeah, why haven't I seen it? 
Riddle me that, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, a majority of the band wasn't really into the idea of changing their sound. They wanted to stay a traditional Irish folk band and rejected the more electronic sound Nikki Ryan was directing them towards. But Enya really liked that sound, and that's where she wanted to go as a musician, but she didn't know how to break out on her own. Right. The opportunity to do just that came shortly after. During a European tour in 1982, Nikki and the band called a meeting to discuss the band's rather excessive drinking. <laughs> they're Irish. They're it's Irish. Just what they're doing. It's not excessive they're drinking. They're Irish. They're musicians, and they're on tour. Yeah, they're fine. It's they're- fine, Nikki. <laughs> It's fine. Just shut up. It's fine. It's fine, Nikki. God. Jeez. Tell me how to live. At the end of the meeting, it was voted that Nikki and his wife and business partner, Roma, were no longer working with the band. Get the fuck out. You can't. <laughs> yo, too hot in the kitchen. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, you can't say <laughs> it's me or the whiskey to an Irish musician on tour. Are you stupid? Guess what they're going to say? It's the, the whiskey. whiskey. It's the whiskey every time. <laughs> every fucking time. You know what? I mean, I, I might even agree with that. And I don't even love Irish whiskey. Yeah, I said it. Fight me. Blasphemy. Heretic. Birder oh, at the stake. I mean, it's fine. Seeing this as the perfect opportunity, Enya also quit the band. Clenad was not happy about that, and a rift between the band and Enya festered for a short while. I mean, Enya and her family? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Flamly. Flamly. So much for flamly. So much for flamly, am I right? <laughs> While Clenad's fame skyrocketed after Enya left with the hit to Harry's uh, game, the theme, the hit that is the theme to Harry's game. Yeah. Fuck's sake. The only UK hit single to be sung entirely in Irish. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Believe it or not. I, I do believe it. Things didn't take off right away after Enya's exit. Nikki and Roma invited Enya to live in their home in the suburbs of Dublin, hmm. which is a little sketch, but That's whatever. a little weird, all right. She's only like 27, but I mean, sure. Well, no, she is 27. I mean, you're a grown-ass adult. I don't know. It's just, it's all weird. She but left they, her family band they, and then with the manager who left and then went to live with them in Dublin. That is weird. The whole thing is just really kind of weird. Yeah, right? I'm a little like, is there some weird sex shit in here? I mean, there nah, could be. There probably isn't. Let's bring our pinkies back up. We're not talking about that. We're not going to get crude here on the Enya episode. We are not divulging in silly gossip. No, there's no way at all. It was classy and well put together. And consensual. Yes, always consensual. (laughs) The intention was to build a recording studio where they could work in building Enya's signature sound. Oh, she was a cash cow. Basically, yeah. All right, now this all makes sense. But the bank said otherwise. They didn't give him a loan. Oh. Instead, Enya sold her instruments and gave piano lessons from the Ryan's home. She did it. Yeah. She finally made it. <laughs> she missed she it. All right, guys. She thanks for listening to this episode of Rock Candy. And that's the story of Enya, the piano teacher <laughs> that nobody fucking knows about. <laughs> oh, you thought we were talking about that Enya? Uh, no. We're no. talking about a different Enya. The piano totally teacher. Totally different Enya, Very guys. Very different Enya. Sorry. Psych. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, anyway, sold her instruments, gave piano lessons, and the Ryans drained their savings to fund the building. Once built, 
Agla Studios was rented out to other musicians to cover the cost of operations. Was Bono one of them? No. <laughs> but fuck Bono. But also fuck Bono. Fuck Bono. Also, but currently Bono is Enya's neighbor. <gasps> yes, we've talked about this before. Yes. Yes, they run they run into each other in town. And I'm pretty sure nobody in town likes Bono. Nobody anywhere likes Bono. Yeah, no. They nobody don't like likes him. Bono. Nobody likes Bono. <laughs> we make another poll. Who likes Bono? <laughs> Nobody, fucking nobody. It's right, nobody. It's nobody. Anyway, in the meantime, the musical partnership between Enya and the Ryans flourished. Nikki became Enya's producer and arranger, and Roma became her lyricist. Oh, that's actually a pretty good dream team right there. Yeah, it really was. Especially because they've never worked with anybody else. Enya's never worked with anyone but Nikki and Roma. Nikki and Roma have never worked with anybody but Enya. It's almost like that perfect little marriage, that perfect yeah. like random kismet of, hey, do it. Do you want? Do you see if this works? Oh, hey, look, this works. Yeah, and who knew that such a magical thing would happen in the cute little town of Guidor, Ireland? Well, it did. It did. Because <laughs> Ireland's fucking magical. It is kind of magical though. Enya still composed the music for her own songs, but the three of them together created the Enya sound and image. That they- you could say that they had a real. Orinco flow. Orinoco flow, but yeah. Is that how you say that? It's Orinoco. Orinoco? I, I was like, Orinco. Orinco. Orinoco? Orinoco, yeah. You could say that they had a real Orinoco flow. You nailed it. I did it. Congratulations. That was our episode of Rock Candy podcast. <laughs> Hope you guys liked it. 1983 was a big year for Enya. Big year for me, too, because I was born. Oh, shit. Big year for the world, really. It really was. They got Enya and me. Oh, my God. My God. My God. world was ready. And Reagan. They, oh, they got Reagan before that, though. Yeah, but he was still Me and there. Enya were born onto this earth in 19... Or me and Enya happened in 1983 to... to counterbalance the shit ball of Reagan that was happening. Oh, all right. Yeah. This all checks. Yeah. (laughs) Her first recorded songs, two instrumentals called The Solar Wind and Miss Claire Remembers. The Solar Wind was actually released with its Irish title that I am not even going to attempt to pronounce. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's the solar wind to me. (laughs) It's the solar wind. It's the solar wind. We're American. Sorry. They were distributed on Touch Travel, a compilation cassette distributed by the Touch record label. Did you almost choke on your beer when I said Touch Travel? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Oh. Pinky up. (laughs) She also had her first solo performance on September 23rd, 1983. It was at the National Stadium in Dublin and televised for the Festival Folk TV show. And even though Enya had months to prepare, she was still so nervous that she could barely make it out on stage. Oh, little muffin. After all this work put into leaving Clanad and and having her own solo career, stage fright was getting the best of her. Oh, I mean, arguably, that's a... You don't just get over stage fright. That takes yeah. so long to get yeah. comfortable with. But it's funny because she was fine being in the band and kind of like being keyboardist in the background. But as oh, soon yeah. as all the eyes were on her, she's like, Ugh. yeah, 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 that makes total sense. Like going on stage to bass. Yeah, I can do that. That's I don't give a shit who's looking at me. Going on stage to sing. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, that's different. Yep. I'm shaking. So maybe it was time to change tack a little bit. 
Roma was convinced Enya's music would be perfect for movie scores, so they started shopping her music around to film producers. I mean, not wrong. She's not wrong. Not wrong. Roma makes really good decisions, guys. She's smart. (laughs) She is. Producer David Pittman took the bait and hired her to compose the soundtrack to the movie The Frog Prince, or French Lesson to Us Americans. Or what? French Lesson. French Lesson? Yeah. Is The Frog Prince a French story? The Frog Prince, I believe, is a French movie. Oh, that makes sense. So it was released in America as The French Lesson, which huh. I remember that movie. I remember a movie called French Lesson. The French Lesson sounds like it could be a different kind of movie. Right? But it's it not. <laughs> Maybe? I, I don't, don't know why so. you wouldn't have just kept Frog, Frog Prince, but here we are. Yeah. Well, The Frog Prince kind of sounds like a Disney movie. Well, because so. there's The Princess and the Frog, which now that you say that's French, it makes sense which I want you to hear my bizarre logic on this, is because The Princess and the Frog takes place in New Orleans, which I feel like is America's solution to a French story, because New Orleans has those French roots. Yeah, New Orleans is like French with voodoo? French voodoo. French voodoo? French voodoo. That's a terrible... Yeah, that's that's, not a great portmanteau. I've done better. We'll just pretend you didn't say it. (laughs) We'll just pretend this didn't happen. (laughs) Anyway... Things didn't shake out the way Enya wanted them to with The Frog Prince. Upon the soundtrack's release, she realized all the songs she composed were rearranged against her wishes. Oh, shit. The film editor claimed that happened because it was too difficult for Enya to compose in relation to the moving picture, Hmm. which I think is kind of bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, because sometimes the music is just kind of made and then... I don't like alongside well, she, the movie. She made it alongside the movie. Right. She made it in relation to like scene by scene. So if she composed the music scene by scene and she did it, she completed it, why would you fuck with it? Yeah, that's an interesting. All right. I don't know. I don't but whatever. This was also the first time Enya's name was spelled phonetically on a recording. Oh. Up until now, she used the Gaelic spelling of her name, E I T H N E. Yeah, that sounds Irish. It's. And also, everybody would have pronounced it ethne or yep. ethna. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the name Sirsha spelled out. And I was like, what is this, Sayorsi? Yeah. Nope, it's Sirsha. Or Siobhan. What's this, Siobhan? Siobhan? <laughs> no, it's Siobhan. Siobhan. Like, what? A lot of people can't even pronounce my name. It's just like, it's just it's E. It's just Ashley. It just has a lot of extra letters, letters in it. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's just Lee. Just Ashley. Just Ashley. It's fine, guys. Guys, it's fine. Sorry I made this difficult for you. (laughs) (laughs) Not Irish. Get over it. Yeah. But Nikki figured it would be too difficult for non-Gaelic speakers to get right. She's not wrong. He's not wrong. Again, not wrong. Not wrong. So the more English-friendly spelling of E-N-Y-A was created. Next came the soundtrack to the BBC Two miniseries called The Celts. Oh. Recruited by producer Tony McCauley... Enya originally was only commissioned to write the theme song to one episode, but director David Richardson liked the song called The March of the Celts so much that he asked her to write the entire soundtrack, which was pretty sweet. Yeah. It's got that sweet bard dance on it. It does. I mean... It's so Celts documentary. I can't stand it. But also I want to dress... It's so like Ren Fair. Yeah. I want to dress like I'm going to the Ren Fair and just... You know, do the little hoppy dance that they I want to walk around and sell my wares. Yeah. And, I want to be an NPC and tell people, let me tell you about the king. He's got <laughs> special news. They're looking for a knight right now to help on a special mission. Ooh. 
Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to walk around, sell my wares, and then tell people news of the king. Well, you know what? When we go to takes the, the bait. When we go to the Renaissance Fair at the end of the month, we should fucking do that. Yeah. And everybody that works at the Renaissance Fair will fucking hate us. Oh, yeah. They're going to kick us out. <laughs> oh, they will kick that's us out. That's how I get kicked out of my first friend fair. <laughs> Is it really a Renaissance Fair if you don't get kicked out of the Renaissance Fair? <laughs> sure. Just get drunk and disorderly and start screaming about the king and you'll get kicked out. Or they will crown me their king. Yes. As they should. As they should. So this was pivotal to Enya's career. She was given basically total freedom to create whatever music she wanted for the soundtrack, which was totally different than the Frog Prince experience. What she produced was 72 minutes of signature Enya music using themes and techniques she would continue using throughout her career ethereal layered vocals, Celtic themes, new agey atmosphere, and heavy on the keyboards and percussion. Hell yeah. I love them keyboards and percussion. Yeah. And we should get heavy on this beer because we need a refill. Yes, we do. Commercial break. Be right back. And we back. We're back. So we're we're discussing the Celts. Yes. That the Celts. did the soundtrack for. So she had created seventy two minutes of music for the for the miniseries. Forty minutes of the soundtrack was used as Enya's first solo self titled album. Called and- The Celts? Yes. Yes it was. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, it was self-titled. It was yeah, just called was Enya. <laughs> yeah, just called I, Enya. I convinced you. Jesus Christ. I convinced you. Don't gaslight me. Oh, don't you gaslight me. I just mm-hmm. gaslight you. Nope. You just gave me facts. I turned them around, <laughs> changed them into something new. But no, Don't you Donald Trump this, this, sh- don't you Donald Trump Enya. I am going to go on Twitter right now and just talk all about <laughs> misinformed facts Enya's about Enya's debut Enya? album called The Celts. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Celt Fefe. Celt Fefe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. It had wide distribution under Atlantic Records, which helped it reach number eight on the Irish music charts Ooh. and 69 in the UK. <laughs> Giggity. Some controversy would arise in 1996 when the Fugees sampled the song Boudicca on their hit Ready or Not. The, in really? The, in the beginning, those like weird kind of submarine-y kind yeah. of sounds, that's actually Enya. <gasps> that is her song, Boudicca. But also like, kudos to you, Fugees. Yeah, but also, oh, they didn't credit Enya. Um, never when, mind. Taking those kudos, I'm going to eat those myself. Back. Yeah, them's my candy bars. Remember those kudos that had like the M&Ms in them? Yeah, they were delicious. Oh, gosh, so good. Yeah, they were they were not healthy, but they no. they build them as granola bars. They were not. They were not granola bars. Those were rice krispie candy bars. Yes, they were. I'd but, still eat them. But anyway, Enya naturally took them to court and won. Y- yeah, here you go. Yep, guys, you know how I could have avoided that? Just credit her. Yeah, but also if you don't know who Boudica is, then fucking look her up because she is the most amazing person in history period. Okay. And you should know who she is. She was an Iceni queen. She 
Um, her husband was killed by Roman soldiers. Her two daughters were raped by Roman soldiers. Okay. She was so enraged that she um, gathered all of the Celts of the different tribes, got them together to work together to go to war. I'll with... tell you, that shit's like herding cats. Yeah. 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 That's why it's such a big fucking deal. Oh, no, no. I'm here for it. And she got all of the Celtic tribes together to invade the Roman camps and start a war with them. Eventually she lost, but she did something that nobody else could fucking do. You know what I always say? Try and counts. Oh, it sure does. I mean, it made a big difference. Yeah. It made a mark. Um, But she was a literal queen, but also a super queen. She wasn't just a queen. She was a super queen. She was a super queen. I'm here for it. And there's your history lesson. You're welcome. For the day. Next time you're on Jeopardy. You're welcome. You're welcome. With the success of her first album, recording companies started knocking. Warner Music UK snagged a contract with her after the label's chairman, Rob Dickens, which is such a fucking English name, Dickens, Dickens became obsessed with the album and insisted she sign with them. And boy, did she hit the record deal jackpot. Yeah. Rob Dickens was so happy she signed with Warner UK. <laughs> Dickens. Rob Dickens. <laughs> Hello, I'm Rob Dickens. <laughs> I like you sign my record contract company. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, he was so happy she signed with his label that he agreed she would get complete control over her music. Shit. Minimal interference from the label and zero deadlines. What? Yeah. Who Sweetest- did she have to blow to get that fucking deal? Rob Dickens. <laughs> yeah, I bet she. Ooh, the Dickens. <laughs> But he no, gave her the no. dickens. Enya doesn't suck no. nobody's you dick to get I? where she needs to go. Because she's, she's classy. classy. She's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said I wouldn't fucking make this crude. And what did I fucking do? You, you made it crude. Allow me to rescind those last <laughs> comments. Uh, Enya is a goddamn treasure. Enya is a classy bitch. Enya's a classy bitch and would never do that. Exactly. Yes, you're right. We apologize. We apologize and rescind all comments of that nature. <laughs> Pinkies up. <laughs> now with complete artistic freedom, Enya, Nikki, and Roma went back into the studio to record her next album. What came from that was 1988's Watermark, recorded over 10 months at Egla Studio, which is a stupid you're fucking having, you're having it. a, It's, it's, it's just Irish. Oh, no, it it's, French? it's French for eagle, and I don't know French. Egla Egla. It sounds so fucking American when I say it. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying ego really weird. Yeah. Legla my Egla? Egla my Legla. That's it. It's, le- it's Legla, Legla my Egla Studios now. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Recorded over 10 months in Legla my Egla Studio on analog tape. That's easier to say. It is, though. It's so easy really to say. It rolls off the tongue. It does. Rob Diggins <laughs> requested the entire album be recorded <laughs> at Orinoco Studio in London after he realized there was way too much tape hiss on the recording to release it. Do, do you mean Orinco Studio? It's or Yeah, Orinco. <laughs> oh, my God. Orinoco. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> Enya hated recording in London. The busy streets and cars and noise was stressful and made recording difficult. On top of that, she tripped on a step one day and split up her knees. So she spent a good amount of time recording, hopped up on painkillers, and propped up on pillows. 
I mean, I fucked up my knees plenty of times and hot myself up on painkillers. This is Enya. She can't deal with pain. She's delicate. She's got like a negative two con score. (laughs) Con modifier. She's delicate. She's very delicate. I told you we're getting real Saratoga with this. Yeah. But what they managed to create was something magical. A sound that no one had really heard before and was hard to define. It was atmospheric and otherworldly, but it wasn't New Age. It had Celtic influences, but wasn't traditional Irish folk. And then there were these mesmerizing vocals that sounded like a choir coming from just one person. Mm. On some parts of Watermark, over 200 vocal tracks were layered together to get that vocal wall of sound effect. What? 200. Individual. What? She recorded 200 tracks. It wasn't just like one or a few layered on top of each other. 200 individual tracks. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Credit, lady. Credit. You deserve it. Credit where credit's due. They worked really hard on all of her albums. That's insane. She had to record that 200 times. 200. Can you imagine just singing the same shit 200 fucking times? I mean, I guess you probably do that when you go on tour and stuff. But But still. But not within like two days, I guess. Holy crap. The first single off the album... Orenco flow. <laughs> Orinoco flow, there, Ashley. Uh, there it's you go. Orinoco. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, you said that wrong, Ashley. It's, or- it's Orinoco. Okay, okay. They would make Enya a worldwide success and introduce thousands to Enya's particular sound and style. It reached number one in the UK singles chart where it stayed for three weeks, which is a feat in and of itself for a new age, quote unquote, new age artist. You know, though, for those of you who don't know what Orient or. or- Orinoco. Orinoco flow is. It's that song that goes, sail away, sail away, sail away. It's also known as sail Sail away. (laughs) For American audiences, the title was changed to Orinoco flow, parentheses, parentheses, sail sail away. Because every American is like, hey, you know, that sail away song. song. (laughs) Hey, I really like that Enya. (laughs) She's got that song about the sailboats. You know, it says sail away, sail away, sail away. Yeah, I like that song. She did that cover of that stick song. Is it a stick song? Yeah, it's a stick song. Yeah, it's a stick song. Come sail away, (laughs) sail away, sail away. (laughs) Uh, That's delightful. In 1989, Orinoco Flow was released in the U.S. and reached number 24. But everyone that remembers the 90s knows this song from Pure Moods. Mm Mm-hmm. And we all, we talked about it in the beginning. We all know what fucking Pure Moods is. Moods. Moods is. If you don't know what Pure Moods is, do yourself a flavor. <laughs> Go look it up on YouTube. Just, but look up the commercial first before yeah. you listen to any of the tracks. Watch the commercial. We do still need to call that 1-800 number and see we if should. it still works. We should. The Hall & Oates emergency hotline still works. Oh, so. God. Pure Moods. Call & Oates. Call & Oates, yes. You guys feel down. Dial up Call and Oates. Dial Call and Oates and you can listen to a Hall and Oates song yeah. on your phone. It's a good time. When you can just open Spotify, but whatever. It's still, it's a novelty. Maybe you it's don't have Wi-Fi. Maybe you don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Orinoco Flow was the last song written for the album, but the first single chosen. It was actually chosen as a joke after Rob Dickens asked Enya and Nikki for a single Knowing the music wasn't exactly top 40 material, and a single probably wouldn't come from it. Oh, my God. But to everyone's surprise, Watermark went to number five in the UK and number 25 in the US. Holy shit. That's actually really impressive. Yeah. By 1996, the album went platinum in the UK, which means it sold over a million copies. 
All right. I mean, I can see that now. Back then, that was a lot. Yeah, no. Back then, that was a lot. And you spent the next year on what could be called a promotional tour. It wasn't a real tour because, bitch, don't tour. I don't know how you would tour that. You can't really replicate her sound. No. You could now because... Yeah. And going back to Devin Townsend for a second, um, mm-hmm. he uses the same vocal wall of sound style that she does right. in a lot of his music. And he tours, he does solo shit. That's true. And he manages to at least sort of replicate the same kind of sound. Yeah, technology's come a long way in two decades, yeah. to be honest. But I can see where they would think like, well, if we just have her singing with... You know, some backing track that has some choir sound on it. It's not going to have the same warmth and the same feeling. And and I just shit. like, what would an Enya concert even look like? It would be her standing stick straight singing into a microphone. And <laughs> That's pretty much all it will be. sitting there being like, mm, yes, this yeah. is lovely. She could do, you know. We would have to be on our best Saratoga behavior. Oh my God, we would have to wear the nicest dresses we own. Yeah, which is... Not very nice. No, they're not nice. I think, like, the nicest dress I own is from Target, so... Yeah, mine's from Amazon, so... Yeah, we're not gonna look that nice at an Enya concert. No, you can't take me to the opera. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have no... What would you... What do you wear to the opera? I have no idea. Oh, my God. A, a gown? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a gown. A suit? I have my old prom dress, but you do not want me wearing that shit... To opera. I kind of uh-uh. do. I no. Do. Have you seen my prom pictures? I feel like, yes. I, I'll i show you later. I'm not even going to describe it. That's I fair. look like a That's goth fair. piece of shit. That's why you'd wear it to an Enya concert. Anyway, she will do appearances, single shows, interviews, but she wouldn't be caught dead riding around in a tour bus. Can you imagine? Can you Can imagine? You imagine? Enya's shit is rigorous and she don't do that shit. Mm-mm. After the promotional tour was over, Enya, Nikki, and Roma went back into the studio. After the promotional tour was over, Enya, Nikki, and Roma went back into the studio. As we said before, Enya, Nikki, and Roma never worked with anybody else. Right. It was always billed as just Enya, but Nikki and Roma were involved in the writing, composing, and recording of all of Enya's records. Her sound was their sound. They created it, and Enya was the voice and face of it. Yeah. It was a team effort. Exactly. It wouldn't have worked without all three moving parts. Right. It wasn't just Enya. Right. Only and it wasn't just writing Nikki, and, and it wasn't just Roma. It right. was all three of them working together. Exactly. They faced a lot of pressure this time around, considering the success of Watermark. God, you have three people feeling the pressure. Yeah, for sure. After overcoming a lot of self-doubt, Shepherd Moon was recorded and released in 1991. As with Watermark, it was first recorded at... Uh, Lego My Ego Studios, <laughs> which, were, <laughs> which were found to be wanting in the technological area. So they, again, were re-recorded in London. And if you thought 200 vocal layers were a lot, try no. 500 what? this time around. Five motherfucking hundred. What? Yeah. It surpassed the success of Watermark, helped by its lead single, Caribbean Blue. Mm. Most of the songs, again, take inspiration from Irish and Scottish history, but also Enya's personal diary. Oh. Also, she's like, I've got parts of my diary. Yeah, I'd po- like to read. I have poems. I have poems. poems. I'd like you to use them for the songs. The poems. Poems. <laughs> I like that this is her voice that we've created. Troags. <laughs> Poems. Poems and troags. Roads. 
Also included are elements of fantasy, like with the song Lothorian, a clear reference to Lord of the Rings. Oh, which I am nerd. super here for. Nerd. Yeah, she's a, she's a fucking nerd. Here for it. She won her first gram first of four Grammys in 1993, taking Ooh. home a statue for best new age album, despite the fact that she refuses to believe her music can be categorized as such. If you're going to categorize it, it's fucking new age. Yeah, I'm sorry, not sorry, Anya. It's new age. It's new age. Because you haven't offered any up any other labels for it. No. So it's new age. Like, just own it. It's fine. It's fine. New There's age is fine. New- yeah. The fact that you've even become so popular with the title new age yeah is impressive your shit is often played in yoga studios you're new age yeah if yeah. i'm in like a yoga studio waiting room or some shit and your song comes on you're, you're new, new age. age i'm fine with that it's fine own it there's a time your music is a time and a place that's new age yeah she intended to go on tour after this and was even in talks with George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic Visual Effects Company to develop a stage lighting system for the tour, but ultimately the deal was called off and she didn't go on tour. Interesting. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen how that looked. If there were, like, animatronics involved, I'm here for it. Also, like, just throw in some Henson puppets. Muppets? <sighs> I'd be so here for it. Yo. Why has she not done the soundtrack for Dark Crystal, though? I don't know. I was just thinking the same thing. She could have done that. It would have been fucking amazing. Fail, Netflix. I mean... Fail. Netflix can't afford Enya. They can't? I'm I'm assuming so. I don't know. They She's tend- high class. I don't know. Stranger Things afforded every 80s song to ever fucking exist, just in case you forgot what decade Stranger <laughs> Things took place in. I'm sorry. Was it the 80s? Did it take place in the 80s? Because no, I'm, I'm not. The 70s. I'm not entirely sure. The 70s. I couldn't tell by the soundtrack being blasted in my face. Yeah. By season three, they really, really just hogged out on that. Yeah. You don't have to, guys. It's fine. Over the next few years, Enya released her fourth album, The Memory of Trees, and a Best Of album. She was also asked to write the score for Titanic, but declined. Smartly. Honestly. I like the Titanic soundtrack. (laughs) But it's very much ingrained in our DNA at this point that Celine Dion did the soundtrack. And that's, that's it. You know, though... You do wonder, what would Avenia come up with? Yeah. I bet it would have been nice. I bet it would have been pretty. I bet. But I also don't... I don't know if it would have been as accessible. I don't think that she would have gained a whole lot of inspiration from that movie. (laughs) You don't say. I really don't. (laughs) Yeah. Titanic is definitely more of a Celine Dion wheelhouse thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings is much more of an Enya wheelhouse thing. Yeah. And there you go, kids. Therein lies the difference between Celine Dion and Enya. Celine Dion is Titanic. Enya is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. She started working on her fifth album, A Day Without Rain, in 1998, and it was released in November of 2000. So two years, no deadlines. No deadlines. She can do whatever she, she, do whatever she wants. No, 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 no deadlines. <laughs> but there are still two water cannons. Always two water cannons. Yeah. Hold on, I did cool off. 
Its first single, Only Time, was still fresh on everyone's minds during the September 11th attacks in 2001 and became like an anthem after the event. It was Enya's only U.S. top 10 hit, peaking right at number 10 and helped A Day Without Rain go seven times platinum in the U.S. That came out in 2000? Yes. Really? Yes. All right. It seems so 90s. Yeah, I thought it was on Pure Moods. Um, it came out earlier, I think, in the UK, and then it came out in 2000 in the US, but it wasn't until almost a year after it came out that it got really popular because Hmm. of 9-11. Like, everybody took that song and slapped it on every newsreel and every event update or whatever on TV and the radio. And used that as, like, the background music to everything that they played about 9-11. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's that kinda... makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know how well that fits. It's kind of a jolly tune, so I would not really it's, expect It's a very it. optimistic tune. Yeah. Which I get you want to have some optimism, and you don't want everything to be dark and bleak and horrible, but... But also, I feel Read like the room? anytime anybody does an in-memoriam thing, Ugh. it's like the first person they think of for music is Enya. Always. Enya's probably just like, guys, these songs aren't that sad. It's just my voice. It's You're confusing like. soothing and sad. They're two different things. They're different emotions. But now comes what I think is the best and most important part of Enya's career. Oh, I bet. In 2001, Peter Jackson asked Enya to contribute two songs to the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack. And she's like, fuck yeah, Peter Jackson. She's like, and she hell yeah, what him. you waiting for? This Sco- is the fucking gig of my dreams. <laughs> it really was. No, she I, oh. she said, literally, it was like the gig of her dreams. Oh, yeah. No, because she's a nerd. It was capital T, the highlight of her career. I love Enya. Yeah. Score composer Howard Shore imagined Enya's voice when writing the score, so it was a natural choice to include her in some songs, which he normally doesn't do. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's not really... He's not a... uh, A vocalist, kind of. Yeah, he doesn't invite other people to perform with him. Yeah, that's fair. Basically. She flew to New Zealand to watch a rough cut of the movie, and with that inspiration, she went back to Ireland and wrote a Neuron, theme for Aragorn and Arwen. This... (laughs) Gross... Are you guys in love? Isn't that nice? This is a song that plays when Aragorn and Arwen are whispering romantically on a stone bridge in Rivendell. And she gives him the even star necklace. And she says, it's mine to give to whom I want, like my heart. (laughs) Thanks, Liv Tyler. Yeah, you're welcome. You might have done that better than her. (laughs) Nah, she was fine. She She did an adequate job. She was good. Like, here's the thing. Nobody's, Nobody's really banking this movie on Arwen. But also, Arwen wasn't in the fucking book. So, whatever. All right. I mean, she was in, like, two scenes in the book, and she had no dialogue, basically. So, arguably, Peter Jackson made her more important. Yes, because there needs to be some kind of love interest, because otherwise it's a fucking sausage fest. Yeah, they were like, we need a couple women in here, though. (laughs) We need at least a couple. There needs to be one, This is already oversaturated with white men. Can we at least put a couple stronger females in this? Yeah, I get it. There needed to be, like, at least one prevalent female character in Fellowship of the Wing. Fellowship of the Wing! (laughs) 
All right. I'm done talking about it. Yep. All right. Let's keep going. This is nothing to do then, yeah. Yeah. God, we could talk Lord of the Rings for hours, though, guys. Yeah, we could. Uh, Romo wrote the lyrics in Cinderin, but switched to English and Kenyan for the movie's end theme, May It Be. Mm. May It Be was nominated for an Academy Award. As it should be. As it should be. And acclaimed performance at the award ceremony followed. With that achievement unlocked, it was back to the studio to record 2005's Amarantine. Amarantine. That sounds so fucking American. Oh, we're so sorry, guys. Uh, the trio shook things up this time with Roma, possibly inspired by J.R.R. Tolkien's vast array of original dialects, suggesting they make up a language for Enya to sing in. Yeah, that's fair. This came about when Enya was trying different languages in which to sing a song, Water Shows the Hidden Heart. After nothing sounded quite right, Roma developed a new language called Loxian. <laughs> How do you fucking just make a language? Just made it up. Based on the sounds Enya sings when composing songs. Oh. Roma even created a backstory to Loxian, creating the Loxian people and giving them a culture and history. Okay. That's sure. nice. I mean, if you have the spare time, why not? Damn, can you imagine having that kind of spare time? I know, right? That's like the people who study and learn Klingon, but even more intense. Yeah. While Amarantine used Loxian in some of its songs, one language that was missing was Irish. This was the first time Irish wasn't used in an Enya album. However, she huh. did include one song sung in Japanese. What? What? Because <laughs> she had a really big Japanese fan base. Of course she does. You want to know why? Because she's the a Japanese... tall alabaster white lady. Oh, I was going to say because the Japanese are ride or die, but sure, that too. <laughs> yeah, because she real white. Yeah, she real yeah, white. Yeah, she real white though. After releasing a winter-themed album called And Winter Came in 2008. I appreciate that it's not Christmas-themed. It's, it's winter-themed. Winter I mean, she has Christmas songs on there, but for the most part, yeah, it's just winter-themed. Yeah. I, I like that. Thank you, It's kind of like uh, Tori Amos's Christmas quote-unquote album is more like a solstice yeah. holiday thing, which mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you can listen to this and not want to bash I mean, your face in. Enya knows her fan base. Truth. They're not looking for a Christmas album. They're no. looking for a fucking winter solstice album. I don't need jangle bells. I need some <laughs> dark trees and snow. Yep. I need... And reindeer. Your... Or deer. Just regular just deer? deer? Just deer? Yeah. And just being really cold, I guess. Sure. I don't know. That's what winter is to me. It's just snow and cold and darkness. I, I enjoy that. Oh. I'm here for it. Makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, after releasing And Winter Came in 2008, Enya, Nikki, and Roma took an extended break. Enya wasn't sure what she wanted to do next. Inspiration wasn't really flowing and everyone just needed a break. You know, that's kind of also the problem with hitting the top. You kind of hit, like, a lot of your goals. Where else do you keep going? Yeah, you lose steam pretty yeah, quickly. Which is fair. But that break ended up lasting for three years. Which isn't really that bad. It's not that long, but I guess when you consider how long it takes them to make, make an, an album, album. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Three years turns into four, turns into five, and then finally an album comes out, you know? Yeah. All right. Finally, Enya released Dark Sky Island, her eighth studio album in 2012. She gained inspiration for the album from Sark, an island in the English Channel that was the first to be designated a Dark Sky Preserve. The album was, of course, a hit, reaching number four on the UK charts. What's a Dark Sky Preserve? It means that after 
dusk, I think, um, all lights, all electricity is done. Oh, wow. No, no lights. Damn. Yeah. That's so really interesting and terrifying. It's the idea of preserving the dark sky. So no light pollution. Yeah, no light pollution. Oh, okay. That's kind of lovely. To date, Enya has sold over 80 million units worldwide. Hmm. <laughs> units. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Dick's, Dickens sure moves some units. <laughs> ah. I bet he does. <laughs> you oh, would think that... Sorry. Some... <laughs> sorry. Sorry. This should be classy. <laughs> How many units did Rob Dixon move? Dickinson? Whatever. And he is a classy gentleman. I'm sure everyone in this story is really classy. Mm-hmm. You know who's not, though? Bono. Bono. <laughs> it's Bono. It's Bono. Today, Enya has sold over 80 million units worldwide. You would think that someone with that kind of popularity would be doing press, interviews, and concerts galore, but not Enya. No. She not wants Enya. you to focus on her music, not the details of her life. It's amazing we even know this much. She's rightfully secretive. She has had stalkers in the past, including a man who went to her father's pub and stabbed himself in the neck after he was kicked out. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, fuck that shit, right? Are you like trying to get us ready for Spooptober with the story? A little bit. All right. Another time in 2005, a guy broke into her home and tied up a housekeeper. <gasps> Enya ran to a panic room before police could even get there. These- Which is a panic room? Yeah, she has a panic room. Damn, what's it like being rich? Yeah. These days, no one's breaking into her home in Killiney? Killiney, near Dublin. Do you mean Kilkenny? Nope, it's Killiney. Oh, okay. But it's near Dublin. Okay. She lives in a small castle by the seaside that is surrounded by an eight-foot stone wall with lots of security cameras. And Bono. And Bono. <laughs> the security cameras It's are only Bono. Bono that keeps trying to scale the wall. So, uh... Anya. Anya, what's going on with your garbage cans? I see uh, you have them out of the wrong... You have them in the wrong order. Uh, your compost should be here where your recycling for cans is here and your recycling for bottles is over here. And then just the regular trash. The rubbish should go right here. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Bono. <laughs> oh, my God. You just see the, the security camera moving back and forth in a no motion. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Bono. But fuck off, Bono. She still refuses to tour or do extensive promotion of her albums, which is not only an anomaly, but doesn't make sense by industry standards. Mm. Most musicians make their money from touring, but Enya somehow defies all the rules. There's even a term for it. Enyanomics. Wait, seriously? Yeah, Enyanomics. Oh, okay. It's like the complete opposite of how musicians make their money. She makes. She's is that still, like an industry term? No, it's just something some journalist made up. But I then, like it. But then some, it caught on. I like it. Yeah. Enyanomics. One article I read described her pretty well. It's like she's an 18th century woman transplanted into modern times. And she just doesn't understand all this bullshit. Yeah. That's just, fair. She truly doesn't understand But loves it. Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> she's barely changed her image since her first album came out in 1988. Short, dark hair, minimal makeup, but ageless beauty, flowing robes with lots of velvet and muted colors, always ethereal, spiritual and celestial, but serious at the same time. Also, bitch don't age. Yeah. She doesn't fucking age. Yeah. For real. All right. She's like 58. She looks like she could be in her 30s. You want to know why she doesn't age? Because she doesn't tour. She doesn't tour. She doesn't stress. She probably eats really fucking well. She doesn't drink. She doesn't smoke. She... (laughs) 
Oh, goody like, goody two shoes don't drink don't, don't smoke. smoke what do, do you do, do? <laughs> yeah uh she doesn't drink I, I if she does she drinks like cherry or some shit oh she's really fancy she drinks with her pinky up i bet she and fraser have a lot in common oh my god <laughs> can you imagine a room with fraser and enya like i feel like enya is niles's like dream woman I mean, honestly, if Daphne didn't exist, Daphne didn't exist, it'd be Enya. It would be Enya. All right, yeah. fair. A lot of people might say Enya is boring, that there's not enough variation in her music. But what I say is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Her music, much like Enya herself, is timeless. Her music isn't stuck in the past, but it isn't looking into the future either. In short, it's classic. It is. Time and place. Like new age music, if there's a time and a place to listen to it, it's new age. Yeah. That's what makes a new age. Because it's a new age of music? No. Don't drink, don't smoke. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? She makes great music. She makes she new does. age music. <laughs> she does yoga. Probably. She probably just know. wears her flowy robes in yoga too, which is really annoying. But also I can see her being like, I don't bend that way. Oh no, darling. Enya doesn't bend. Enya doesn't bend that way. <laughs> People bend for Enya. Oh, I bet though. Or maybe she just, like, lounges around in, like, some yoga pants and an oversized sweatshirt and eats garbage candy bars and, and watches like, reality TV. And, like, Jaffa Cakes. Oh, my God. Yep. She just sits around and eats Jaffa Cakes. Yeah. And watches the Kardashians and but is like, know, fuck this. I bet you she eats the raspberry ones, though, not the orange Ooh, ones. Ooh, I bet the I raspberry ones are good. I don't like the orange ones. Well, we already had the discussion. Orange and chocolate. No, no, no. No. Oh, no. I'm sorry, all you English people. Your Jaffa cakes with the orange jam are disgusting. Yeah, I'm not really here for the orange. Not into it. Apricot's and also, fine. Also, banoffee makes me want to barf. What's banoffee? Banana and toffee together. <gasps> no. No. Everyone, every season on Great British Baking Show fucking does a banoffee flavored shit. And I'm like, this is, this just looks disgusting. Just- Love me some spotted dick pudding, though. Doesn't everybody? I bet Rob Dickinson loves his <laughs> spotted Dickinson pudding. He likes to spot his dick in some pudding. Oh my god! And uh, that was and a story we on fucked Enya. It up. And we, we fucked it up. God, we we did try sometimes to not be crude, but it's difficult. It is very difficult. But you know what? I much respect Enya. Oh no! I respect seriously. her classiness. If she ever heard this, she'd hate it, and she'd hate us. <laughs> yeah, I'll but have to. We show love her. I'll have to show you this one article I found that was just like random questions that they asked her. It was like, "Were you like whatever the milk patrol?" <laughs> That's not what they call it. <laughs> what the? F- but like, when back when she was in school. Oh, like maybe the they still do it now. Who hands out milk? Yeah, you had to hand out the milk. Yeah, like because you were like a really good student. Yeah, and that was like some somehow that was a privilege to yeah. hand out milk to the other students. Yeah, and they would ask her like silly questions like that, and she would just be like, "What are you asking me? Like this is the silliest question I've ever been asked. No, I didn't do that. What is wrong with you?" Oh my god, it was really funny because she was just so like, you oh know, confuddled confuddled that's not a word Although, befuddled she befuddled. was befuddled by these questions and it was really cute oh and yeah you're delightful i mean you're right though mad respect to her yeah 
She does what she wants. She lives her life the way she wants it. She doesn't let anybody talk her into doing something different. Yeah. Because you're right. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Well, also, how do I live that life? Oh, my God. But seriously. But can I live that life? Yeah, but I'd probably get bored. See, that's my biggest problem is you explain her life to me. And that sounds amazing. I'm like, I want that. And then I'm like, nah, I'd get bored. Yeah. I can't, I can't sit in the same place that long. Yeah. I'd have to try something different and weird. I'd have to fuck it up somehow. <laughs> but I guess when you're Enya... You know, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. And good for her. Yep. Proud of her. She's living that Taurus life. Oh, she's a Taurus. Oh, yes, she is. That's right. I think she might be a cusp. I'm not, don't What quote. was it, the 21st? Yeah, of May. She's a cusp. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Taurus Gemini cusp? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Gonna have to look that one up. Yeah, we will. We're gonna have to go look that up in the devil book. <laughs> but uh, until then, we want to thank everybody so much for listening. To our story on Enya for us trying really hard to class it up for Thank you for indulging an me. hour <laughs> and letting me talk about Enya. Yeah, but I mean honestly, like Enya's I bet there are people listening who don't want to admit it, but they're probably like, nah, but Wrinkle Flow is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> but Lego My Ego Flow is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Lego My Ego Flow is a great song. It is. It is. I bet there's some people out there who's like now nah, my mom got that Pure Mood CD <laughs> and I totally listened to it. Yep. And it was good. And yeah. those Enigma songs were good too. Yeah. Those were really good songs. Yeah, you just can't sing them now. No. I mean, arguably you couldn't sing them then. No. Physically. Yeah. <laughs> Still physically you can't physically, do it. Physically you can't. Like, I, yeah. It's not happening. Uh, so thank you all so much for joining us on our journey to Ireland. Sorry we fucked up so many words. But, uh... <laughs> You know, we'll try to do better in the future. I have... know some of our Irish fans out there are probably like clawing their ears out. Like, yeah, honestly, you guys please have... f- feel free to yes. give us some Irish lessons because that would be fucking wonderful. Yeah, seriously, it would be. Yeah. I've had enough friends try to give me lessons before. <laughs> and they are just really lost at trying to help me. But I can always learn. I'm sorry. My... My Americanized tongue doesn't know how to make certain sounds. Oh, no. Not at all. Yeah. If you have any suggestions on how to say words or <laughs> just... Or just want to say hi. just want to say hi, you can come visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, and you can comment on an episode, send us an email, or find the links to all our social medias, because we got Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We post some fun videos and... Just and all the spoopy shit. memes. Oh, we so are, many spoopy memes. We are falling quickly into Halloween time. And I'm so excited. It's when we thrive. We so. we went to all the craft stores yeah. this weekend. Yeah, because I don't think we're getting second summer. So I'm just here to Fuck second fall summer. into autumn. Uh-huh. Hey, see what I did there? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> yeah. and also, please uh, go check out the Pantheon Network that we are a part of because it is tons of wonderful podcasts about music with indeed it's crazy the amount of a podcasts that there are and b different subjects they tackle so there is something for you besides us i promise yeah lots of interesting shit it's uh rock and roll archaeology.com so go hick hick go go hiccup go hiccup <laughs> go hiccup go hit them up and enjoy that and you know you feeling so inclined to like us Go to go like iTunes. Them too. Yeah, go like them, but then go to iTunes and like everybody. Five star reviews all around. <laughs> Tell us how awesome we are. We need that. We need that approval from yes. you, the listener. 
And also, if you want some sweet, sweet swag from mm-hmm. us, you can head on over to the to our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. You can give us some of your hard-earned money. <laughs> that we also hard-earned? <laughs> that we also are hard-earning still. And um, we will send you some pretty awesome shit and you can get a monthly bonus episode. Yeah. And then just, you know, help us buy better equipment. And beer. But also we need headphones. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's next purchase. Yeah, we need headphones. Yeah. We we're really we're really hot dogging this guys. <laughs> we're, even know. we're hot dogging it real we're hard. Hot dogging it real hard. But yeah, that covers all the bases you know for this week. We're hot dogging it and we're god smacking it. We're hot dogging it and doing the best we ever did. We really now go away. Now, go away. <laughs> now give us cash. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Also, that too. It's been a year, guys. It has. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for more wild, wacky stories from the world of music. Mm -hmm. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Balls out. Falavam.